Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 5.41 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It's the 14th of October, 2021. This is episode 492 of Bitcoin. And how about that 58K? Hmm. Yeah, it didn't last long, but that's to be expected. As we push higher, I think what happens is that we get a little bit of, of down and up volatility. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen the volatility before, but now every single time that we go up and we, we start breaking the back of yet one more mental resistance, uh, you're going to see more and more of the outside world pour in whatever FUD that they can. And today, or uh, right after we hit you know 58K, we got Fed minutes out. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about North American mining taking over the world and Bitcoin mining. The the problems with that, there are some, some issues there. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a lot of stuff. But the first thing I want to talk about is uh, if you guys had an allergic reaction to me talking about tokens and NFTs on yesterday's show, please be aware of one thing. There are certain things that are just not going to go away. And one of the things that's not going to go away is security token offerings. That is just not. The only way that the legacy world is, legacy financial world is going to be able to interface with Bitcoin in any appreciable way uh, is STO. And of course, they're also, I mean, when I say interface with Bitcoin, what... The reality is interface with crypto because that shit ain't going away. I'm not a fan of any of the shit coins. I really am not. But what I have to do is realize that this shit's not going to go away. We tried to, we did the best we could getting rid of altcoins and ICOs and telling everybody that we could <clears throat> not to jump into this shit because it was going to get them wrecked. And we were still right. It got way, way, a whole bunch of people wrecked. People we told directly, hey, you're going to get wrecked. It didn't matter. Because we can know in our heart of hearts and in our guts and in our minds and, and given all of the work that we've done trying to learn this landscape, it, it doesn't matter because what are you up against? Are you up against, you know, like... Like some people will be asking themselves, well, maybe this stuff, you know, maybe Ethereum NFTs and Ethereum itself are are actually okay. And and we were wrong. No, we weren't wrong. They they these things thrive on the human condition. And that one you'll never pin down. You will never be able, you'll never be able to teach the human species that something is just you know, stupid, right? So you're going to have to live with it. I, 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 I've been living with ICOs and altcoins since 2015. You know, that was when I thought Dogecoin was cute. And it was. There, I mean, there, there, was, a, there was a whole time when I, I knew that Dogecoin was, you know, not, I, I, I bought some because I thought it was cute and I didn't know any better, right? I finally sold it at, you know, 55 cents or something like that. But the point being is that it never went away. It's never going to go away, right? So that the best that we can hope for is, you know, token, the STOs or the security token offerings are going to end up being on side chains to Bitcoin where Bitcoin main chain is the actual ultimate settlement layer. 
And that's why I don't, I don't rankle when I see stuff on Blockstream. I don't rankle when I see stuff on, on Liquid. I didn't, well, shit, I mean, even before uh, Liquid came out, we had Lightning, and people were already talking about Lightning Channel uh, derivatives markets. Right? It, did it make me barf? Well, I don't know, maybe a little bit. But here's the deal, okay? Now, get ready for this. The ICOs, altcoins, and all the rest of this crap are losing steam. They're losing their own momentum, except when it's based around NFTs. And I'm talking about the shitty-ass NFTs that have zero utility. There are NFTs that have utility. I'm talking about the straight-up, the bored ape, the... Ethereum rocks, that kind of crap. That's what I'm talking about when when I'm talking about bullshit. That is allowing momentum in one direction, but most of the space is losing its momentum in, hey, I've got this utility token. Please buy it from me. And they're they're losing the momentum when it's on their own chain. So guess what's going to happen? You're going to see a whole new push of a brand new set of altcoins, a brand new set of ICOs, a brand new set of all the shit that we've dealt with and the, what's going to be their marketing plan. Our settlement layer is the Bitcoin based chain. Everybody is, all these assholes are going to rush into making their own utility token that settles quote unquote on the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah, it's going to be just as much of a scam as all the rest of it, but it's going to probably happen. This is my prediction. <clears throat> I have no I have no intelligence for externally telling me that this is going to happen. This is a gut feeling that the new marketing plan is going to be a whole bunch of people who say, well, let's just say that we settle on the Bitcoin main chain and we'll use the Bitcoin main chain as our marketing vehicle. So get ready. Now, with that said, the, like the STOs, why are they not going to go away? Because they have, they uh, like like many other things, <clears throat> sometimes some things have utility. And an STO that settles, that actually settles <clears throat> on the Bitcoin main chain is going to be probably fairly useful for companies that want to convert their common stock into something that is digitally tradable, you know, beyond the, the legacy financial systems infrastructure that we have so far. <clears throat> it is going to happen. It is a new way for companies to be able to raise money and pretty much if they wanted to, they could might, you know, might be able to cut out several middlemen in the process. So you got to understand that you can hate something, but just because you hate something doesn't mean that it's going to go away. So what we're probably going to have to do is look for those things that ha like we really going to have to source what the utility, if any, is on some of these things and like everything else that we've done so far like everything else that we've seen so far 99.999 percent of all of it is going to be pure trash but we're going to go through that cycle again and it's going to be a couple of things it's going to be like we're going to have to figure out whether or not there is an, an nft comes online that has actual utility to the person we're going to see stos and we're going to see a lot of those STOs come online with marketing ploys that they connect and settle on the Bitcoin main chain. They do not have their own chain, yet use us because reasons X, Y, Z. We're, we will forever have to be vigilant. It's never going to end. If you think one day you're going to wake up and all that is going to be gone, then you're naive and I can't help you. Does that mean that you have to ape into it? No, because you're going to get just as wrecked as if you aped into freaking Doge at 75 cents or whatever its all-time high is. Just understand, things happen and those things end up being instantiated in the human psyche because it feeds on greed, it feeds on fear, it feeds on uncertainty, and those are qualities of the human spirit that also will never go away. Welcome to the new world, ladies and gentlemen. And Kathy Woods is part of that. <clears throat> Let's see what, what's going on with the whole uh, ARC filing. 
sorry, the ARC filing. New tickers in ARC filing show Bitcoin futures ETF approval is imminent, says an analyst. Yeah, right around the corner, ETF. Brian Quarmby, <clears throat> going to tell us about it from Cointelegraph. Bloomberg senior ETF analyst says there are good signs that a Bitcoin ETF will soon be approved, pointing to ARK Invest filing for a Bitcoin futures ETF with an assigned ticker and Valkyrie updating its own ETF prospectus also with a ticker symbol. Kathy Wood's ARK Investment Management LLC filed for a Bitcoin futures ETF under the ARKA, A-R-K-A ticker, while Valkyrie has assigned its BTC futures prospectus with the BTF ticker. According to Bloomberg <coughs> analyst Eric Balkunis, sorry, firms typically update their proposals when they have everything set and, quote, ready for launch suggesting that Valkyrie may soon be given the green light by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Balkunis also pointed to ARK Invest Bitcoin Futures ETF application on October the 13th in partnership with 21 shares and White Alpha Architect White Label, noting that the assigned architecture was another good sign that the SEC was set to give a tick. Referring to Valkyrie's ETF, the analyst added that he looks for these types of updated prospective filings when determining whether an official SEC green light is incoming and said that applicants often update the final details, quote, right before launch. He conceded that with the crypto sector, nothing is certain, however. Permabear Mr. Whale downplayed the significance of the ARK Invest news, saying all ARK did was update its ARK WETF prospectus to say that it may gain exposure to BTC via exchange-traded funds in Canada. However, ARK's latest ETF filing with the SEC has no mention of the word Canada, and the application clearly outlines that the fund is seeking to invest in exchange-traded Bitcoin futures contracts that are cash-settled in U.S. dollars on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. The price of BTC surged 28%, since the start of October to sit at around 57500 at the time of writing. Many onlookers have attributed the recent pump to expectations that the SEC will soon approve a futures-based backed, or sorry, a futures-based Bitcoin ETF. Balkunis stated earlier this month that Bitcoin futures-backed ETFs have a high chance of being approved in October. He argued that they are regulated under the 40 Act, which is favored by the SEC as it offers greater consumer protections than physically backed Bitcoin ETFs regulated under the 33 Act. Quote, yes, the SEC has kicked the can on Bitcoin ETF approval, but that is for the physically backed ones under the 33 Act, he said, and added, quote, the futures ETF filing under the 40 Act, which Gensler loves, are very much alive and likely to schedule, we think, 75% chance approved in October, end quote. Opinions vary, however, and Todd Rosenbluth, senior director of ETFs and mutual fund research at research firm CFRA, argued this week he believes that the approval of a Bitcoin futures ETF may be delayed until 2022. Speaking on CNBC's ETF Edge, Rosenbluth stated that the current clouded regulatory landscape could cause further delays and that the SEC could be waiting to approve all the ETFs simultaneously to avoid a first mover advantage. Quote, it's possible. In fact, we think it's likely that we're going to see a delay of a Bitcoin futures ETF until 2022. <clears throat> Excuse me. Until the regulatory environment is more clear, he said. All right, so Bitcoin ETFs, do they matter? Fuck no, they don't. They really don't. Bitcoin is going to do what Bitcoin does with or without an ETF. Now, that said, if a Bitcoin ETF gets approved, do you think that that will not result in a bump in price? It, it most likely will. It'll probably be a sustained bump. And as more ETFs come online, somebody somewhere is going to have to hold the underlying asset. Unless there is a massive amount of rehypothecation that immediately starts occurring. Do I discount that or, or count that out of the picture? No, I do not. I think there is going to, we are going to see, again, guys, humans are going to human. Fear, greed, uncertainty, gut feelings, you name it, man. It all comes into play right here with this whole ETF mess. Now, 
I think it's embarrassing that the SEC has waited this long to launch an, or allow a launch of an ETF in the United States. Canada has two, Brazil has, or wait a minute, what, Canada has three and Brazil has one. <clears throat> I mean, come on. And then there's some in Europe, I mean, or at least something that resembles an ETF in Europe. And the SEC has been sitting on their hands. That's kind of embarrassing all by itself, but be that as it may. The importance of a Bitcoin ETF, eh, eh, meh, it, it doesn't matter to me. But somebody somewhere is going to have to buy some Bitcoin when ETFs launch, if the SEC allows it, which means that there's going to be buyers on the market, whether OTC or spot, although I doubt very seriously we're going to see a lot of spot buying on this one. They don't want to move the price that much with their signaling, but somebody's going to have to buy it. Do I recommend buying an ETF? No, stay as far away. You don't need, see, that's the thing. Bitcoin doesn't need an ETF and neither do you. You can just buy the underlying asset. Let all the fools that can't, you know, literally can't bring themselves to buying and holding the asset themselves. Let them buy the ETF and let them help pump the price. But my advice <laughs> don't don't be part of it. Does that mean that you could lose out on massive gains? Depends on what your gains, your definition of gains are. It does. It depends on what your definition of gains are. If I tell you not to invest in a Bitcoin ETF and you don't and say, okay, well, you gave me financial advice. And then, you know, four years from now, that ETF that you wanted to buy would have made you, I don't know how much, let's say 10 million percent. And you come back and say, you, you gave me a bad investment advice. Gains in fiat? Is that what you're talking about? Because that's not, that's, that's not the advice that I'm giving. I'm saying don't buy an ETF because you will not be able to custody the asset yourself. That's the advice. It has nothing to do with gains or, or not experiencing loss. This has nothing to do with that, which is why... Nothing I say is ever financial advice because I never tell you how to go get gains. What I say is buy Bitcoin, hold your own Bitcoin, and don't spend your Bitcoin <clears throat> unless you know, you're at death's door or living under a bridge and you're tired of it. That's, that's it. This has nothing to do with gains in fiat terms. So let's move on. Now, Bitstamp and ZBD bridge major gap between Bitcoin and gaming. Bitcoin and gaming is one of my favorite things in this space. Uh, I'm, you're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars of industry in the gaming industry. And like the legacy financial markets, it's, it's, coming, it's coming to Bitcoin. Today, Bitstamp and ZBD announced a partnership that allows customers to instantly top up their in-game ZBD wallet and use it as a lightning wallet. By the way, this is Alex McShane for Bitcoin Magazine. <clears throat> Bitstamp's lightning integration will allow customers to seamlessly move Bitcoin to the ZBD gaming ecosystem. Users will now be able to use Bitcoin across virtual gaming environments. Quote, this is a true integration of gaming and BTC trading with the ability to move Bitcoin between ZBD and Bitstamp easily at the push of a button. It's essentially like having a joint account for both platforms. The global gaming industry is worth over $170 billion per year, more than the entirety of the music and film industries combined. That's why we're bullish on this integration and that it will encourage the next wave of crypto investors, in quote, said Bitstamp CTO David Azogenik. CEO and, oh, sorry, this marks the first time gamers will be able to transfer Bitcoin from an exchange directly to ZBD. To celebrate, Bitstamp is distributing one Bitcoin directly to players through a range of ZBD-powered games. CEO of ZBD, Simon Cowell, said, quote, Bitcoin serves as the basis for our technology stack because it is simply the best network and form of money for the job. With the platform, we've unlocked the next frontier for game economics. Nano payments, as small as a fraction of a cent, and the ability to instantly transfer your earnings between different games and into the real world. Due to the compliance restraints, the product won't be able... Oh, God, here it comes. Guess, guess what? Proof that the United States citizen has been further weaponized. Due to compliance restraints, the product will not be available in the United States yet. 
but it will be available for all other Bitstamp customers globally. So if you're a United States citizen, you can just sit down and spin, bro. With over 2 billion gamers in the world, <clears throat> ZBD and Bitstamp are creating a virtual ecosystem that is inherently global and inclusive by implementing Bitcoin. This growing ecosystem is based on the Bitcoin Lightning Network, which facilitates instantaneous payments with near zero fees. Quote, we recognize that ZBD is building the potential to transform how economies are formed in virtual worlds, said Julian Sawyer, CEO of Bitstamp. When your activities in a game can have real economic implications, it unlocks new doors for creating value. In the future, the virtual economy will certainly grow larger than what we call the real world economy. The key to making that happen is having an open and interoperable system, end quote. Guys, if you do not see what is coming in gaming and Bitcoin, I can't help you. Yes, there's going to be shit coinery involved. Yes, there's going to be non-utility NFTs involved. Yes, there are going to be companies that scam you out of your money by offering an STO, marketing it as settling on the Bitcoin chain for final settlement. Okay, so you're going to have to continuously do your, your own research. There will never be a time when you stop learning. However, that said, Bitcoin and gaming is going to explode at the same time all these other things are exploding. ETF explosions, uh, whole country adoption of Bitcoin via the Lightning Network explosion, whole country's adoption via the Liquid Network. I don't know, it could happen. And Liquid Network's a side chain for Bitcoin too. And it's one. it's like one of the very first ones. Actually, I think it's the second, I think it's the second functional side chain to Bitcoin after lightning not sure about that but <clears throat> my point is you're gonna have whole country adoption of bitcoin you're gonna have whole you know game studio and game franchise adoption of bitcoin you're gonna have brand new gaming companies come up that are adopting bitcoin all of them are going to be adopting lightning because it just makes sense prepare yourselves ladies and gentlemen for the rocket ride that will probably be fueled way past your demise on this planet and yeah let, okay let's go on stacks foundation and brink to fund bitcoin development fellowship using stacking rewards <clears throat> i am before we get into this by eliza gertzi i can't pronounce the name from coindesk let me say this I'm not clear <clears throat> what the hell Stacks is. It's it seems to be fairly new. It's I'm seeing more and more news about Stacks. Somehow or another, it's not Bitcoin yet. It uses Bitcoin. Let's let's dig into this and see if we can find out more. The Stacks Foundation and Brink will fund a new full-time Bitcoin developer fellow position through stacking rewards. The foundation will stack 1.32 million Stacks tokens, STX, for Brink, which it estimates will yield $165,000 in Bitcoin over the course of one year, according to the Stacks blog post. The funds will be paid directly to Brink's wallet every two weeks. The pair have set up a website to track the progress of the stacking process, According to the site, so far they have raised uh, 0.178 BTC or about 10,300 bucks. <clears throat> the Stacks Foundation supports development of Stacks, a network of decentralized apps and smart contracts built on Bitcoin according to its website. Stacking is similar to Ethereum staking. Users can earn uh, rewards for locking their tokens on the network. On the stack network, the reward is a 10 to 12% annual percentage yield of their funds. And while earning that, they are supporting the security of the blockchain, according to the blog post. Brink is an open source organization that aims to support the Bitcoin open source developers. It has received funding from the Human Rights Foundation, Crypto Exchange Gemini, Lender, Nexo, and FTX. The year-long fellowship will be stewarded by John Newberry, co-founder of Brink and Bitcoin Core Developer. All right, what do you think? I see, that's the thing. I read through this whole thing, and my question is, why do you have your own token? Now, I'm naive. I, I, I can admit that. 
you know, I, I don't know everything about Bitcoin. Thank God if I did, that would be actually kind of scary because it means that development has stalled and it is nowhere close to stalling. I don't know what to think about the stacking of stacks tokens. I, you know, again, this is kind of like what I was saying about the whole, you know, marketing thing where, well, we have our own utility token or our own whatever token and it, but it, but it's on it, it somehow or another, it's, it's dependent upon Bitcoin. We really, really need to be careful going forward with this particular kind of marketing rhetoric. Okay. Just saying. So just be vigilant. Okay. Now, Putin and oil. Putin has always found himself in an interesting marketplace when it comes to petroleum products and his geographical location in the world. I think he's going to put the squeeze on Europe this winter. And I think it's going to hurt Europe in ways that Europe can't even think about. It's it's going to be nasty. But now, <laughs> now... He's signaling, or at least to me, this is what I think. He's signaling the possibility of settling oil in, and I hate to say it, guys, but you're going to hear a lot of the following word in this piece by Helen Parts from Cointelegraph. Settling in crypto, okay? And no, you, Putin, you, you spelt Bitcoin wrong. Too early to talk about using crypto for oil trading, says Vladimir Putin. The Russian president believes that it's still premature to use cryptocurrencies for settling trades of energy resources like oil. The Russian president discussed potential use cases of cryptocurrency in a Thursday CNBC interview following a plenary session of the Russian Energy Week forum. According to a full interview text published on the Kremlin's official website, Putin said that private cryptocurrencies can act as a unit of account but that they are very unstable. Quote, cryptocurrency oil contracts? It's too, ter- too early to talk about it. It works for transferring funds from one place to another, but in terms of trading, especially when it comes to energy resources, it is still premature in my opinion, end quote, the president stated. Putin went on to say that everything evolves and has the right to exist, adding that the Russian government is closely monitoring the cryptocurrency market. He also did not exclude the possibility that at some point, cryptocurrencies will become a means of accumulation. Quote, we see how this market fluctuates. It's a bit early today, Putin added. The president said that cryptocurrencies are not backed by anything yet. When asked... Whether he considers the crypto holdings by Tesla CEO Elon Musk to be worthless, Putin said no, explaining that he only questioned crypto as a unit of account in the context of energy trading. During the interview, the Russian president also claimed that the United States dollar undermines its position as an international reserve asset. Quote, we aren't interested in cutting off dollar payments completely, and we are so far satisfied with payments for energy resources in dollars, primarily for oil, end quote, he added. The news comes as Russian authorities consider a new law to limit cryptocurrency investments by non-accredited investors. Of course, make sure you keep the poor poor. Previously, the Russian central bank was reportedly planning to slow down transactions to crypto exchanges in order to protect retail investors from emotional purchases of crypto. Smash buy, bitches. That's emotional. So what does that signal to me? That signals to me that he knows where this shit's going. And he's prepping himself mentally he's prepping the his oil ministers and energy trading partners that he's thinking along these lines putin's signaling and he's signaling fucking hard so we, we need to be keeping our eyes on the energy markets which we'll get to here in a second when we run the numbers and its relationship to how those things settle okay putin is def, is clearly clearly looking at this And if he pulls the trigger on that and says, you know what, we're going to start trading Bitcoin for oil uh, or oil for Bitcoin settlement, uh, it's going to be, well, again, you know, we just talked about the gaming industry. You're talking about, you know, a couple of hundred billion dollars annually of revenue, and it's all going to flood in to Bitcoin and other, yes, other cryptocurrencies, but it's going to balloon the market. And I ain't talking about bubble balloons. 
the energy market, same way. But you want to talk about hundreds of billions of dollars, let's talk about more like multiple trillions, right? It's hold on as tight as you can to the rocket. I mean, if you can Velcro yourself to that son of a bitch and super glue your face to the fucking fuselage, you might want to consider doing that because this shit looks like it's just going to blast right off. Now, let's run the numbers. Flammable liquids are on fire again. CNBC, futures and commodities. West Texas Intermediate is up almost a point and a half, $81.57. Brentness North Sea, likewise, up almost a point and a half to $84.38. Natural gas, woo, 2.15% of the upside lands it squarely in the realm of $5.70 per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline seeing an over one point rise. We're looking at $2.43.5 per gallon on the futures market there. Uh, Guys in California that are paying for gas, I don't know what to tell you. Um, My heart goes out to you though. But not to Peter Schiff who is finally seeing his precious metal rocks over uh, $1,800, $1,801.20. In fact, that is after a third of a point rise. Silver seeing almost a full point gain to $23.39. Platinum over a point gain. Copper 0.82% of a rise. Palladium, whoa, three and a half points to the upside to settle at 2,171, or actually, no, 2,179 bucks. All of your agricultural futures are up, and cotton is up the most at 2%. Coffee coming in second at 1.34% to the upside. Everything else is showing below 1% gains. Let's see here. Futures. Oh, look, the indices, they're all up today. Yay. Dow futures up a half a point. S&P futures up 0.67%, NASDAQ futures up 0.76%, and the S&P mini is up 0.7%. Let's talk about real money at $57,694.90. 300,000 transactions performed in the last 24 hours gives us 12,190 transactions per hour on average, with only 601,000 BTC being sent around the horn in that 24-hour period. Now, that's 25,000 BTC sent every average every hour on average. Uh, the average transaction value is 2 BTC. The median transaction value is 0.2. 013 BTC or right around 721 bucks. El block times are low, eight minutes and 47 seconds. <clears throat> Point 0.1 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis, 17 BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. And with a <clears throat> seven, <clears throat> excuse me, 7.25% in hash rate, we are back to 152.2 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator is Doge. 23 cents, 23.6 United States pennies, in fact. So you guess what the other shit coins are doing. 5,700 transactions is what Clark Moody is looking at transaction-wise, and they are waiting on six blocks to clear. My God, the mempool's actually got a depth? Holy shit. $1.09 trillion is Bitcoin's current market cap which is 9.28% of gold's entire market cap. And if you so choose, you may use your one Bitcoin to purchase 20, oh, sorry, no, 32.2 ounces of shiny metal rocks. There are in fact 18,843,410.25 BTC in circulation at this time. Can you do that with gold? Can you easily just tell me how much gold is in circulation? No, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't even do that shit with Ethereum. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there are 3,073.61 BTC in the Lightning Network valued at $177.8 million. Guys, I remember when I was telling you that I was excited when the Lightning Network was worth over $30 million. It is now $177.8 million in valuation. 
And holy shit, we've clocked over. We're over 16,000 nodes, guys. 16,031 nodes representing 75,627 payment channels. 74.3% of all of that is being run over the Tor network, which means 2,282 and a quarter BTC are run over the Tor side of the Lightning network. <clears throat> and that is being handled with 10,572 Tor nodes. That's going to do it for Vitals. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. <clears throat> How quickly fortunes change. The United States becomes the largest Bitcoin mining market after China's crypto ban. Scott Cipollina tells us more from Decrypt.co, and I hope he does it without saying bad things about Bitcoin. It's almost, it's almost like Decrypt people are, it's impossible for them to write anything nice about Bitcoin anymore. I don't know why, but this is the, you know, I don't know. Scott's been good in the past. We'll see. Uh, the United States has become the world's largest market for Bitcoin mining. According to new data from Cambridge University, the United States now holds a share of 35.4% of the market following a mass exodus of miners from China <clears throat> after the Chinese government decided to throw themselves off a cliff. Kazakhstan and Russia followed the United States with shares of 18.1% and 11% respectively. Quote, the immediate effect of the government-mandated ban on crypto mining in China was a 38% drop in global network hash rate in June 2021, corresponding roughly to China's share of hash rate before the clampdown, suggesting that Chinese miners ceased operations simultaneously. End quote. Michael Rocks, a digital assets lead at the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance, said... China has long held <clears throat> a ban on cryptocurrency trading, but earlier this year, the government also imposed a ban on mining. That ban resulting uh, and resulting exodus of miners gave an opportunity to other jurisdictions to join the industry more heavily than ever before. In April 2021, the United States had only 16.8% of global hash rate share, meaning the American market share has increased by 105%. Similarly, Kazakhstan and Russia have increased their shares by 120% and 61% respectively. What's more, the initial 38% drop in global hash rate in June was partially offset by a bounce back of 20% across the months of July and August. Now, this suggests according to rocks or <clears throat> yeah rocks that chinese mining equipment has successfully been redeployed overseas beyond the three new mining superpowers canada ireland malaysia germany and iran represent the next largest hash rate shares quote the effect of the chinese crackdown is an increased geographic distribution of hash rate across the world which can be considered a positive development for network security and the decentralized principles of Bitcoin, rocks added. Bitcoin mining has long been criticized for the now well-established impact on the environment. No, Scott's, Scott's going to go there. Let's, see, let's, let's just see how Scott regurgitates this bullshit. The mining industry's annual consumption is calculated in terawatt hours. Dude, he literally, I'm, I'm not going to read it. Why? Because... He literally is recycling word for word a previous article that I read to you the day before yesterday. It is almost word for word the exact same thing. Decrypt, stop it. Stop putting out the FUD every time that you try to write something about Bitcoin. It's becoming, it's becoming laborious to actually have to read this shit on the fly and discover how stupid you really are. All right, so there is another section called Greener Horizons in this piece. Let's see if it is basically plagiarized from another, from another earlier uh, article from Decrypt. Going forward, Bitcoin's impact on the environment will also likely be determined by respective countries' approach to climate change and regulations that govern the environment. In China, the monsoon season typically meant cheap hydroelectric power that was available to miners but there was also evidence of Chinese miners using fossil fuels to mine Bitcoin. In the United States, the world's new Bitcoin mining powerhouse, there's been plenty of concern to go around when it comes to the impact Bitcoin has on the environment. It looks to me like Scott's just turning into a tree-hugging hippie freak. So, yeah, <clears throat> do with that what you may. But the point 
the point to take home here is that the United States is now the world's central leader of Bitcoin mining as far as hash rate percentage is concerned. Are you cheering? Because if you are, you probably shouldn't be cheering. We don't really want this. Okay, clearly we want it. But the the question becomes, who is we? Is that a mouse in your pocket there, bud? We is the United States. We want to capture all the industries, if we can. Except for apparently manufacturing. <laughs> but be that as it may, we, we definitely like capturing uh, whole industries so that they can be controlled. Uh, that's why I don't like the fact that the United States has captured so much of the Bitcoin mining market. Does that mean that I don't want the United States to, to mine Bitcoin? No, that's just dumb. Of course we want to mine Bitcoin, but we don't want to mine all of it. We don't want all, we don't want another 38, we don't want another China on our hands. And the way that the United States go is going, it's looking like we have another China on our hands from all the other signaling that they put out. So I would much rather see some of this stuff migrate specifically to Central America and Africa <clears throat> and the Far East, Europe, the Balkans, and the Baltics. That's exactly where I want to see this stuff split up. I want it all over the world. I would say put it in Australia, but those guys apparently can't even keep their own island floating, so whatever. But just be aware, the, the whole rah-rah for the United States having this much hash power is just as bad as all the Chinese people saying, raw, raw, we had all the hash power of Bitcoin and then look what happened. They lost it all because they regulated it into the dirt or they banned it into the dirt. It doesn't matter. There's so many countries on the face of the planet with so many different geopolitical positionings that somebody somewhere is never going to ban Bitcoin and it's probably going to be more than one person. Anyway, let's get into this one. Bitcoin erases spike above 58K as the Federal Reserve minutes raise the specter of faster stimulus unwinding. I call bullshit. I don't think they can unwind at this point, but we'll find out what Amkar Godbull from Coindesk has to say about it. Bitcoin is showing signs of exhaustion after the minutes from the Federal Reserve September meeting released late Wednesday and flagging inflation concerns and revealed growing support for a faster unwinding of stimulus. The cryptocurrency is currently trading marginally lower on the day, having earlier touched a five-month high. It is up 30% this month, though buoyed by increased expectations that the United States Securities and Exchange Commission will soon soon TM approve a futures-based Bitcoin exchange-traded fund. The Fed minutes carried fewer references to inflation being transitory and showed policymakers are worried price pressures might remain high for longer than previously assumed. The shift from the long-held narrative that high inflation will be short-lived suggests the central bank may opt for a faster policy tightening than is already priced in. Several policymakers said they preferred to proceed more rapidly. Faster tightening would be negative for Bitcoin and liquidity-addicted asset markets in general. Markets have anticipated a monthly tapering of $15 billion starting from November or December. The central bank has been buying $80 billion worth of treasuries and $40 billion worth of mortgage-backed securities every month since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic in March of 2020. Still, sentiment among some market participants remained bullish, with analysts calling for continued hodling, crypto slang for buy and hold, at least until the first ETF is approved. The SEC is likely to approve at least four ETFs this month, and that's according to Bloomberg. However, Bitcoin has already rallied more than 30% on ETF speculation. Further, a futures-based ETF has a downside and may not be as bullish as widely expected. So, the Fed's hawkish tilt may hurt Bitcoin, especially if equity markets drop. <clears throat> Bitcoin's options market shows demand for downside protection in the form of put options, quote, front-end risk reversals or short duration remain skewed to the downside, and the put skew has actually deepened with spot moving higher, QCP Capital said in its Telegram channel, a reflection of prevailing downside nervousness in the markets. The one-week put call skew has climbed to 7%, while the one-month gauge has crossed above zero. The positive figures indicate that put options 
or bearish bets are drawing relatively higher prices than calls, which are bullish. The long-term sentiment remains bullish, however, with three and six-month skews entrenched in the negative territory. So there you go. The Fed minutes apparently put the kibosh on the 58K gang, but hodl on anyway, brothers and sisters, because I'm not sure if the Fed can really unwind this. Sure. Can they slow down buying treasuries? Oh, of course. Can they slow down buying mortgages? Yeah, of course. But I, the interest rates is what I'm really looking at. And they don't really have very much fuel left in the tank to be able to go lower. And if they go higher, I'm not sure if that's, I mean, the math already doesn't work out in being able to service this debt. And it ain't just the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Canada is in bad way. China looks like it's about to fall apart with its debt-fueled frenzy. All these places are falling apart with debt. And the numbers don't really work for being able to get out of it in any kind of organic fashion. And what I mean by organic is being able to, oh, I don't know, make wages because you have jobs for people that are producing things that other people will buy and, you know, actually have a real economy. You know, a, a GDP that's not, you know, a, a pillow stuffed with, you know, duck feathers, you know, to make it all soft and palatable. Yeah. No, if they raise the interest rates, that's the one that I'm looking at. The, the, the buyback of all the bullshit, the buying up of the treasuries, which, yeah, does affect interest rates, but the, the, it affects interest rates <clears throat> in a way that is much less likely to be affected than if somebody just says, we're going to reset the interest rates. If they move those higher and the math already doesn't work out for being able to pay back debt on GDP, what do you think? I don't know, man. I don't think it's going to happen, but we've got other fish to fry. Public Bitcoin miners are ramping up, in fact, says Dylan LeClaire from Bitcoin Magazine. China's mining exodus this year has become the biggest opportunity for Bitcoin miners to capitalize around the world. And not only have we seen the network hash rate continue its aggressive recovery, but we've seen mega growth in public Bitcoin miner production with major mining opportunities unfolding, especially in the United States. One country's ban is another country's hash. From Luxor's hash rate index quarter three report, quote, Collectively in Q3, these miners mined 79% more Bitcoin than they did in Q2 and 155% more than they minted in Q1, end quote. Luxor also expects global hash rate to reach previously all-time high levels in for the fourth quarter of 185 exahashes per second, um, <clears throat> which would be a 215% increase from July's lows. Currently, we're around 143 that's not true. We just bumped up to 157, like I said in, in the numbers. But these public Bitcoin miners are above are just six of the now 24 in the growing market of a, of a $15.82 billion industry market cap. The market cap doesn't include Core Scientific, which is valued at $4.3 billion, which went public via SPAC earlier this year, or Bitfury, who announced plans to go public today, valued at $1 billion. And they're looking at a chart. They're basically talking about a chart that says Bitcoin mined by major public miners. And it's just the amount of BTC coinage being mined by Argo, Bitfarms, HUD8, Hive, Marathon, and Riot. So <clears throat> even without projecting increases to current valuations or tracking smaller upcoming public mining deals, the public mining industry is already valued at over, get this, $21 billion. The insiders will know that one. The North American public Bitcoin mining firms alone are holding over 20,000 Bitcoin worth more than 1.1 billion US dollars. One major Bitcoin price up, or yeah, one major Bitcoin price up could double or triple the industry's market cap in a few months. That's some incredible growth and upside for an industry that only had its first public miner in 2016. Wow, dude, that's pretty cool, man. So while the, bit, while the United States is holding the majority of the hash rate in the world right now, I kind of expect that to be, I, I expect Bitcoin mining to be fairly leaky. And what I mean by that is that it's almost like there's no <clears throat> there's no choice but for Bitcoin mining to become as distributed around the world as is humanly possible because anybody can do it. 
And if anybody can do it simply by possessing a single ASICs machine, then that means that the entire industry is leaky. And I don't mean that in a bad way. The industry itself will maintain its market cap, but the major players will definitely lose their market cap as, you know, more miners come on board that are not controlled by HUD-8 or Hive or something like that, that it'll be basement miners or people heating their water heater with miners or their hot tubs with miners. Believe me, it's coming. I'm already thinking about heating a greenhouse with a couple of miners. I mean, you're going to produce the heat anyway. You might as well mine some Bitcoin while you're at it. Although I'm sure the G7 won't be doing anything of the kind. Martin Young tells us more from Cointelegraph. G7 leaders issue central bank digital currency guidelines. <laughs> They're more like guidelines. Group of seven advanced economic nations has been discussing central bank digital currencies this week, including that they should, quote, do no harm and meet rigorous standards. Yeah, they're already knee deep in bullshit. Finance leaders from G7 met in Washington on October the 13th to discuss central bank digital currencies and endorsed 13 public policy principles regarding their implementation. Uh, the G7, which is Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, and the US, mandated that any newly launched CBDC should, quote, do no harm to the central bank's ability to maintain financial stability. In a joint statement, G7 finance ministers and central bankers said, quote, strong international coordination and cooperation on these issues helps to ensure that public and private sector innovation will deliver domestic and cross-border benefits while being safe for users in the wider financial system, end quote. It added that CBDCs would complement cash and could act like liquid safe settlement assets in addition to anchoring existing payment systems. Digital currencies must be energy efficient and fully interoperable on a cross-border basis, the statement added. Leaders from the G7 nations confirmed that they had a shared responsibility to minimize, quote, harmful spillovers of the international monetary and financial system, end quote. CBDC issuance should be grounded in a long-standing public commitment to transparency, rule of law, and sound economic governance, the statement continued on. A G7 nation has yet to issue a CBDC, but several such as the United Kingdom are actively researching the technology and economic impacts of them. Echoing a similar statement made by the larger G20, they reiterated that no global stablecoin project should begin operation until it addresses legal, regulatory, and oversight requirements. The comments may be in reference to Facebook's planned DM cryptocurrency, which has raised red flags. The United States has been dragging its feet with CBDC plans, and the Federal Reserve remains highly skeptical about digital dollars. As reported by Cointelegraph in September, America is in danger of being left behind technologically and financially if it doesn't start seriously considering its own CBDC. <laughs> China already leads the pack with its digital yuan, and its latest crackdown on crypto is likely to be part of its grand plans to further promote and control central bank monetary flows. Well, of course. A lot of people were like talking about the, the crypto mining ban in China being part of the, uh, whatever, the, 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 oh God, the anniversary of the installation of the Communist Party and that they were going to drop that like next year when it's all the dust to settle down and, and pick mining back up. It doesn't matter if they do or not. The miners are never going to go back. If they do allow mining, mining will occur in China, but they will never have global hash rate ever again because they've lost the public trust, just like they've any government has already done with everything else that they have been trusted with. So let's move on. Uh, payments company Stripe is building a Bitcoin and crypto team. So you're, you're not the last, but you were definitely already too late, Stripe. Let's see just how bad they figure this one out. <clears throat> Nick Hoffman has it for Bitcoin Mag. In a job listing posted recently on Stripe's website, the company is adding four new positions with the title Staff Engineer Crypto. Guillerme Pawson, head of engineering crypto at Stripe, uh, announced he is building a team of engineers and designers to integrate crypto into their platform. 
Quote, we hear a growing need from developers and users in that space for better building blocks to accept payments, move funds, exchange between fiat and crypto. By focusing on these problems and needs, we aim to build faster, more trustworthy, and higher quality, quote, crypto-enabled experiences. Stripe is a giant in the payments game, and millions all around the world already use the platform. This could be another gateway to Bitcoin, increasing mass adoption. The listing <clears throat> then went on to say, many businesses and users already rely on and trust in Stripe. This gives us a massive opportunity to be at the forefront of a new wave of innovation, like investing in Doge. No, that's actually not part of the article. Stripe originally started accepting Bitcoin in 2014, but was later halted in 2018 due to transaction confirmation times and fees on the main chain. Since then, we've seen the Lightning Network scale up and make Bitcoin viable as a means of exchange. Bitcoin can now be used as a means of payment without the long confirmation times and high fees. Transactions can now be settled instantly for virtually no fees. For those of you who were not present in Bitcoin during the 2017-2018 uh, block size war, uh, you, I don't want to say you missed it to make you feel bad, but man, you missed a fireworks show and Stripe was part of that shit. When they closed off Bitcoin, <clears throat> taking Bitcoin in 2018, Roger Ver thought that that was the nail in, the nail in the coffin of Bitcoin and BCH was going to be all, you know, quote unquote, all that. As we've seen, it's all nothing. So there you go. It's, oh my God, here we go. You, we've been talking about this since yesterday. Bitcoin could trigger financial instability, says the Bank of England exec. <clears throat> Again, Scott Cipollina from Decrypt, who most undoubtedly will throw in an entire section of his own plagiarism of just how bad Bitcoin is for the environment. But until he gets there, we'll read the top portion. <clears throat> Sir John Cunliffe, Deputy Governor for Financial Stability at the Bank of England, has said Bitcoin could cause a financial crisis unless they face tough governmental-led regulations. Uh, Suncliffe says, this is true despite the fact that crypto industry accounts for only a small percentage of global finance. Let's pause and read that again. This is true despite the fact that crypto industry accounts for only a small percentage of global finance, and yet we're going to cause a financial meltdown. Dude, if your ship is that rickety that a rat gnawing a hole through the hole can sink the whole fucking barge, then you've probably built your ship the wrong way. And guess what? Bitcoin's not the rat. You guys are your own rat. Let's go on. <clears throat> Quote, of course, $2.3 trillion needs to be seen in the context of the $250 trillion global financial system. But as the financial crisis showed us, you don't have to account for a large proportion of the financial sector to trigger financial stability problems. Jesus. The guy's literally laying out just how bad the legacy financial system is for you. Sir Cunliffe's comments has been made in stark contrast to previous BOE statements made just six days ago. Last week, <clears throat> the BOE's Financial Policy Committee suggested that crypto markets only posed a limited risk. Okay, so six days ago, we were a limited risk. Now, we're the progenitors of doom for the entire planet yet we're only a tiny fraction of the $250 trillion global trade market. Uh, if that doesn't tell you just how fucked up this thing really is, nothing ever will until we're all living under bridges, burning whatever we can in oil cans to keep warm. The varying perspectives adopted by the deputy governor and FPC suggest the BOE is not fully clear on the level of risk and the urgency of those risks posed by cryptocurrencies. However, Sir Kuhn Liff is not alone in assuming or issuing an urgent warning about the crypto industry. The Financial Conduct Authority, the UK's financial services regulator, also echoed warnings of the same anxieties. In January of this year, the FCA issued a consumer warning against cryptocurrencies, listing five entirely reasonable concerns about the industry, ranging from consumer protection to price volatility. Quote, if consumers invest in these types of products, they should be prepared to lose all their money, the FCA said. Across the pond, many of the same sentiments are shared by Gary Gensler, SEC chairman, who has frequently made the case for tough consumer protection laws in the industry. Yeah, well, it hasn't helped you, it helped you out any time in the past, so why would it do it now? That's going to do it for the morning roundup.
I got a joke for you. Dad says jokes. What's the difference between a dog and a well-dressed man? The man wears a perfectly tailored three-piece suit. The dog, just pants. I'll let that one just kind of sit on your chin for a little while. Uh, it is Thursday. It is now 6.42 a.m. It looks like the price of Bitcoin is sitting at 57878 So the short-term dip, well, let's hope it's just a short-term dip and we continue with the number go up technology. Uh, if you want to support the show, I do have a Patreon. If you want to use Dirty Fiat, it is Bitcoin and podcast. Otherwise, you can stream me sats on the Breeze Wallet because the Breeze Wallet has a podcast app inside of it that conforms to podcasting 2.0 standards. So you can uh, load up that wallet with sats, listen to the podcast in the wallet, and stream me sats while you're doing so. Other than that, my light, uh, my tips on Twitter are open if you would like to support the show that way. Also, I have a tipping me page if you would like to go to that. It's on my bio in my Twitter. And y'all have a good day. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon.